What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. Welcome, everybody, to the 313th episode of Rideshare Rodeo Podcast and the second one of 2024. I am super excited to be joined by um, by a co-host this week, not a guest, and I'll explain that in a second, but my co-host this week is Holly Camp, who is also Savvy Shopper Delivers on YouTube. And if you guys are not familiar, I have put out a couple things on the audio podcast. Um, and I'm sure some of you might have even checked out her channel. Uh, but if you haven't yet, she's super close to 1K. So if you guys could uh, help kick her over the edge there. I know a lot of you don't go to YouTube, but I have noticed that some people emailing me are not stalkers, but that they like to come and check out some things on YouTube. They just don't comment. And I'm sure Holly will find that. I'm sure you'll understand that too. These are people, by the way, a lot of the audio podcast listeners, I get people writing in all the time who used to go to YouTube or used to do this. And now they just find it more relaxing just to listen to the podcast because they're so, they, they feel like anytime they go over and are listening to something that they're interested in on YouTube, it turns into a fight they don't understand. And that's, and that's the weird thing is that it's not even like, you know, like a lot of YouTube people prefer the drama. These people don't prefer it. They don't care if like a little has to be spilled to keep it real. But it's like, imagine if you never were on YouTube and you tuned into somebody's channel that has some drama, but they're also dropping some nuggets of information and you're trying to pick up those nuggets. But then in the middle, like just some random BS drama that you and I are familiar with starts happening and every and the person trying to like get some information is like wait what who what thought we were talking about something why are two people yelling at each other now right well definitely i think you get more of the drama on youtube than you're going to get in the podcast world yeah well for one we have all these comments so every keyboard king out there wants to put their opinion in whether they're educated about whatever the topic is or not so and I think I like I like I like that though because here on the audio podcast, a lot of people still do email me. But I feel like if you're going to sit down and write an email, you might go back and even correct something. It's not like you're just. I mean, some people, right. but some people write really long emails to me, and you know, I can tell that you know they went they probably went back and changed something as they kept going, but which I think is different than you. a YouTube comment. YouTube is done in the heat of the moment. Like, but I feel like I I do, but I do feel for him as well. I guess what I'm saying, because I feel like if you are coming in and like, you see the title of this podcast and you're like, I want to see why, what's going on with, um, you know, is the golden age of delivery food and grocery and what's going on in the EU. And you want to hear about that. Of course, like you're cool with some anecdotes, some jokes, this and that and the other, but, you don't want to hear two people bickering, especially if you don't even understand what it's about. 
Right. I mean, even if you did, you probably don't. Some people might not care, but like, because a lot, a lot of people do say they like the audio podcast to sound real, but it's like, or, or anything like that, even a YouTube podcast, but they, but they just need to, I mean, you got, I think creators always need to remember that. Think of it like somebody's watching for the first time every time. <laughs> like you just yeah, can't not, start I'm having your, your normal conversations and branch off. I'm, I, I've even done this before. I start talking about something too familiar. And then I've had people email me and say, you were explaining this, this, and this. And then you jumped over to something. It was like going from like a level one class to a level five class. And I didn't understand. And so then it actually helps me because I go back instead of just having haters go, you suck or something on YouTube. And it's like, okay. You know, like, I, I don't know. At least it's, 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 these people are sitting in their car, they're driving, they're listening. If they actually take the time to make a comment, that means that the comment's so important they're not doing it in on while they're like watching on YouTube at in the moment. They're doing it after the fact. Well, the drama usually doesn't come from the content creator and the audience so much as the audience against each other, even. You know what I mean? Yeah. When the comments, oh, yeah. you know, they get going back and forth, and that's where a lot of the drama comes from. But I know you and I on our other show that we're together. We tend to get off topic once in a while, you know, because you start talking about something else and then before you know oh, it, you know, great. I all the time, to be honest, like off topic's great because I think that sometimes you're talking about something and that's what I like about the podcast. I don't like to be so rigid. I can't break my mold, but because sometimes organically step to the side, I just mean if you do that, like we do on the other show that you're talking about that. You need to let the, uh, I mean, the audience should be able to organically follow it. I guess is what I'm right. saying. We go off topic and start talking about something. We should, you know, if it, if it just kind of like something sets, a keyword sets it off and we start talking at least a minute in or something, you need to go back and revisit and say, for those of you not familiar, what we're discussing is. Right. Like, we don't want to talk about and that. Something and that, that never happens. That only you and I know about, you know, that would. Yeah. yeah. And that never happens on YouTube. I always see it like, man, you got to, if you're looking to grow, <laughs> you got to always <clears throat> think of everybody as a first time listener. Mm -hmm. Can't treat everybody like the regulars or else you'll never have a growth. But um, back to the Holly thing. Uh, I do want to say that uh, Holly's a friend. She's a co-host, not a guest, because we do another collaboration like she was talking about um, called the Dump Dumpling Difference Discussion. Um, on her YouTube channel. And I'm sure we're trying to figure out the first one getting back after the new year last year was tough and trying to find some schedule to that. So um, I don't know one will be dropping in January, if not in the next few weeks, I'm sure. But uh, um, yeah, so check that out on Holly's channel and her link to her channel will be in the show notes, you guys. But um, for the before we get into some of these topics, I guess like Holly, this is the last time I'm saying it too. like happy new year. Cause I'm done with the, I don't really know when you're supposed to stop saying happy new year, but I'm over it. Right. It's the seventh. It's been a week. We can, we is that, can is that what it is? Okay. Is I it a week? Know. I don't sure, know. We'll make it that way. Well, I mean, I just noticed like around a couple days ago, I was like, I'm sick of saying, why am I still saying this? I, I get that I haven't said anybody. it to some people. <laughs> I don't even think I've said it to anybody. <laughs> um well happy new year 
<laughs> well, thanks. Happy New Year to you. See, now you can be the first one and only one I've said it to. Actually. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I guess before we get into these topics, because maybe it'll maybe it'll even play into this is like for the let's just stick with food and grocery because i know you do a lot of that stuff um like year over year i know we were all struggling um the gig economy and the oversaturation i know that you and you guys in florida are, um even though you're not doing you're not having some of the number of illegal problems on the platform you i mean you still are but um, not as many as some other uh, cities, you're still facing oversaturation rates like we are that are simply ridiculous. I mean, who knows how long it'll last, but there was a video last night from um, my friend Van, um, who does delivery out here, that said he's stopping gig work. Really? I, I don't wow. know if that'll last or whatnot, but he's just said, listen, it's it's dead. Now, again, I Van could change his mind this morning i don't i don't know um right. he often does and i don't think that's even mean to me to say it's just a fact um but like for me i'm not because the growth of the gig economy is there it's just it's not gonna be like what again i, I think you've even heard me say this i it kills me that we have never defined the gig economy <laughs> you know here we are writing legislation about it in every damn state on a federal level, I don't know, like, uh, I did a 13 minutes yesterday that, uh, you know, this Julie Sue thing, I mean, like, she's li literally, they're breaking the Constitution right now. Her, her and the current administration, you know, they want that so they want her so bad, that they cannot get her confirmed. So they're just trying to like break the Constitution. Right. And just keep her as, as they want. Right. But I mean, like, there's, but it's, it was pointed out, like in september last year no 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 you can't classify it as this it's actually it's actually this and yes it is a thing and here it is and it's called this the classification act and and so now they were supposed to go by those two 10 days and now we're past that and the second round and it's and they're still and now they've started the second uh 118th congress well she's not even supposed to be in the room and she's making decisions like they literally made one in California. So I know I, I don't want to throw people off too much, but I need to hit on this independent contractor thing because I talked about it this week. And so some of you might think, well, what's wrong with this? But here's a problem. So already the day this got filed on the fourth, um, the four page document, which is in the show notes, it's also in the 13 show notes um against the biden administration and to end this immediately and select a new um person to try and nominate because their own party can't get it through and oddly if the president and the senate are the same party which they are and the president has a secretary of labor nominee not since 1856 has that person not been able to uh get their secretary or the labor secretary passed by their own party. They can't, they can't get her passed by the own, by her own party. Right. So clearly, I mean, she lost $32 billion for California. I mean, clearly during the pandemic, no doubt, 
Like some people never saw their pandemic money. And she was labor secretary then. Biden thought, hey, let's take her. She was the biggest failure during the pandemic. Yeah, that's he what picked I don't the get. biggest failure. She has all her own party against her, yet Biden continues to be for her. And it's like, has I don't understand why he's not getting it. Why someone hasn't said, hey, look, this is because, why. Because nobody What's else, nobody, nobody else at all, even on his, even on that side, is as pro-union as Julie. I mean, she's as pro-union as Joe is. But he can't just choose on that one. Oh, I mean, he, he absolutely he can. At, well, he absolutely is, but I mean... He because in a, in a perfect world, both of these guys see eye to eye, and that's a tough thing. And, and actually, it's a bad thing, too, I think. I think that you want people with mixed opinions having those final discussions because there might be a missed point. These two see eye to eye. In, in their world, there would be no way any of us could earn on our own free will. We would have, I mean, maybe there could be some alterations to jobs, but you would have a W-2 job with a W-2 check. You would absolutely be in a union and you would 100% pay union fees. And that's what both of them want for every single American, which is now 65 million plus are self-employed freelancers, independent contractors, gig app workers, whatever. That's 40% of the American workforce. I, I mean, and again, again, like you just said, like, how can he pick her? Yeah, she was the biggest failure. So there's two reasons. One, she's as pro-union as him. Two, I feel like in California, I feel like you can be a failed politician and still make it to the federal level. I don't know why. California has, you know, it has the most uh, um, points when it comes to voting. It's It carries so much weight that, I mean, like, look at what we saw. I mean, like, Karen Anderson points out every, you know, the Bina Duballs, the union busters, the um, Gavin. I mean, their whole state is corrupt. Newsome. I mean, it just is like a nasty group of people. You know, well, people talk I about the extreme left and like uh, um, up in New York. And I'm like thinking, dude, the whole state of California is that way. He's going to find a way to keep her in there. Until he's not in office anymore, is what it seems like, because he keeps. Well, yeah, but I mean, now there's a pool. but now there's a there's a Supreme Court constitutional challenge too. There is. That's what that's what the four paid. Yeah, they. So the day after they, oh, so so she what she ended up doing. It's not the amounts either, you guys. It's the fact that this was done. So there was a group of construction workers that had a a claim in and before until the dol chain rule change took a place this this could not be paid but the when the second congress started that afternoon they find this company which this is the biggest thing they broke because this comp until until the official rule change is made which julie cannot make unless she's confirmed unless julie sue is confirmed she cannot make that final decision for the rule change um, they won't confirm her. They do want to get that passed. But as soon as they started that 118th Second Congress, um, that same day, the company got filed. That was a construction company. And here's what happened. All these people had put in bids 
for what they were going to charge to do projects on a construction site. Okay. And the whole amount of money was like $800,000 in payout to like many employees or many contract workers, or I don't know, 500,000. I can't, I, I can't remember somewhere. It was, it was a big, but not like into the, you know, nothing like crazy, crazy, but, um, they had to pay. So what they did is they, they took the, um, they took eight hour work days. First of all, how are you taking eight hour work days against construction workers who did a bid? Sometimes construction workers work 14 hours in a day and it rains the next day and they work one. Right. I mean, construction workers are just, they're bidding the job. Look, I might get screwed on this, but hundred grand. It's, it's not about, this is my hourly. So what they no, did was I, they, right. But what right. they did, what Julie and see, this is how, this is how ugly this year could get because what they did was take the bid and anything over the eight hours that they could document. And they actually did things like lunchtime. They were like, you're owed a lunch. You're owed, like, I mean, they started adding in all this money and these were all the fines. And now everybody's getting like five grand extra as like a bonus that none of them even deserve. Even some of the workers are in on this lawsuit, even though they got the money saying, what the hell are you talking about? I made a bid. That's all I wanted. I was paid correctly. Leave me alone. I paid my taxes. Right. But that's the owner of the construction. I mean, it's not. No, everybody. no. Those are the people who bid the job saying, no, this guy, I work with this guy all the time. That's, He's great. I don't, that's what I don't I'm want saying. you. But the people, the people that bid the job aren't the 40 construction workers. It's the guy that runs the construction company. You know, he does the bid. It's not that every. You know what I mean? If a job takes right, 40 but then bucks, he still has to. But then he still has to pay those people correctly. The problem is, is correct. that They're all that money power. just went. But again, it wasn't like the government's going. The government can't trickle past, like the owner of one company. They have to give all that money to that owner and think, okay, you distribute it. Agree, agree. So the problem there is probably never even gets to the workers' hands anyway. I mean, like maybe legally or whatnot, but. You know, that my guess is, is like once that happens, the construction company becomes like, and we've seen this, this happens all the time. The construction company says, well, definitely can't afford to have this many workers. And so immediately, you know, 10%, 15% are let go. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of the government stepping in. But I'm also trying to, I guess what I'm trying to get across is that I'm also not a big fan of recognizing that most people don't want the government to step in and being corporations that would so abuse that, that it's not, it's not even questionable. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, there's, we, you know, you and I both know we work, we work gig apps for companies that, that we both know definitely walk that line every day of employee independent contractor and tweaking it out to their advantage on both ends. Right. But I think when people choose to do this, either, especially those of us like you and I that choose to do it full time, we know what we're getting into when we do this. We don't go into this expecting that we're going to get the benefits 
that a W-2 person has, and we're okay with that, or we wouldn't be doing this. And that's what the government needs to realize. We don't want to be employees. If we did, we'd go get a W-2. Yeah. And that's, and that's why as we start to see all these, because I mean, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot of states. Um, I got Mike Caruby on, on the 22nd, and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the pushes beyond gig work in some states for just against all independent contractors that will absolutely affect gig workers. Um, my own state is facing some reform. Um, we're learning about more and more and more. Uh, Minnesota's is, is still pushing that hard. Um, I, I, there's just so many states, you guys, that are looking at things. And to be honest, um, there's one state. Uh, the Utah, uh, Utah has a gig worker Senate bill. So it's SB 233. And so what this one is, I I actually really love this. I need to, I need to look into it some more. I I remember seeing it way back when, um, because it's been around since probably about last nine months or something. I can't remember when it was voted in, but they're now really pushing it finally to actually be played out. You know, it's been implemented, but Basically, um, instead of saying, again, this is this is where the biggest problem I think with the gig economy happens. I always say this is that I don't, and I don't understand why would the why would somebody not want to say, okay, here's traditional gig work, here's writers, here's freelancers, here's self-employed, here's business owners, all that kind of stuff. Like we know now, here's the hybrid model. How are we going to handle this? Because one of the biggest things that people fight about in all these states that are going to have legislation are the fact that we don't have any benefits. And yet the craziest part to me, and this does just literally blow my mind, is that none of these states are pushing for benefits. In the arguments, they're saying, listen, these drivers have nothing when they're done. They have no retirement, blah, 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 blah. But then when they push their legislation, there's nothing about benefits in it. I mean, even California's was just weak, but this Utah bill is actually removing all of the other crap and just saying, no, you're right. We should focus on benefits only. Well, as you <laughs> learned, and learned in August when we had your town hall, when you did the town hall in Colorado, the legislators know nothing about the gig economy. They're out there voting on things that they know nothing about which you were lucky enough to get to educate one of your... I mean, to, to be fair, while you're on that point, though, I mean, can you... I'm just... And this isn't to either party or anything. That's why I'm interjecting it here, because you guys got to understand, of course they don't. I mean, like, look, no no senator knows everything on every topic. Like, you can't be no, talking about not. nuclear engineering and and what do we need to do in the state... And he's supposed to know they have expert witnesses. They have people who work for them. They have, you know, like people who like go do all the research and then are an assistant to them and they get a five minute brief right before they walk into a meeting. So part of it is, I mean, it's not like they're just like, dude, I don't care. It's it's in. And I think Holly was heading this way. I'll let her get back to it. But like until they start hearing from people and that that's the problem. Even Kim Cavan said this, that once they start hearing from people, it's never the people that are happy. It's the people that are pissed off and want something done. 
And therefore they hear from about two, 3% of the workers and they think that that's what everybody wants. Right. Well, and that's why we all need to be a little louder and get our voices heard so they know exactly what's going on, exactly what we deal with on a daily basis and what we actually do want as a whole and not just these little bitty people over here that, you know, the tiny sliver of gig workers that want to be employees. Right. And those and those <laughs> people, the ones who end up writing in are so bitter because they probably just come from W2 mindset. I've had enough independent contractor years, even outside of gigs, outside of app-based gig work, where I know that, you know, like, hey, you're bidding things, you're doing tours, you're doing this, this. So sometimes you might have a down spell or what, so you got to balance your, it's different. So a lot of these people come in, they've never had true independent contractor training or never really did kind of anything in that realm until they were told they're one in this realm. And in this realm, I don't think like my, what I know of an independent contractor from all my years doing production and working for several companies too. And that's why it's needed. I have a much different definition than I think most people, if, if you hadn't done any right. and you just weren't in IC for the gig apps, I don't think you truly have an understanding of what it is. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just DoorDash and Instacart. I mean, there's nurse anesthetist, there's plumbers, right. there's, so no, many. I know, but I think the gig app people, and I'm not trying to diminish it, I was trying to put it very politely, but I think a lot of them, if they haven't worked IC, think that it is just, oh, that means you can work whenever you want. That is not what an independent contractor is. It's part of it, but it certainly is not. <laughs> well, but but sometimes it's not part of it too. I'm an independent well, contractor for true. for a laser company. They might say, hey, here's the bid, but we need you for two months in Europe. I just lost, not only do I not right. have flexibility, I just lost two months of, or two months of complete not flexibility. <laughs> You're going to do exactly this. Okay. But I guess you have the flexibility to say yes or no, that you want that or you don't oh, yeah, want yeah. without yeah. necessarily losing right. your job. Without, without repercussion either. Like right. there's no, right. if I don't take a bid, there's no, nothing bad comes back on me. Right. So I guess that's what I meant really when I said that, but. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I just feel like a lot of people don't understand. There's a lot of ways to this, but it's not just flexibility, but on the Utah thing. So instead of pushing that everybody should be paid 50 cents an active minute, like New York. And that's actually something that Colorado's looking at now too. I hate this. Um, because I know this is going to fail. We all know this is going to fail. But instead of looking at like, there, I don't know. I, I feel like looking at 50 cents with inflation, with the economy, with everything, like what is, what is, what is making a, a, a term like 50 cents an active minute really do in the big picture in three years for you? Nothing except for potentially even holds you down more. Because now York, you've established this horrible amount that you have to go back and renegotiate. New York has been doing that for how long? Mm, well, I mean, this has been a long time coming, but it's been in place since December 8th or something. Oh, just this past December? Yeah, but Rideshare was doing Rideshare was doing it first about okay. two years, I was three like, years ago. I thought this was, took place a long time ago. No, okay. this is for food delivery, though. 
for food delivery now, it's 50 cents an active minute. Ugh. So a few things are happening. They're first of all, they've laid off about 20% of the DoorDashers. Um they also now are doing the same thing they did with rideshare there. They're competing for blocks. So there's block selection day. What do you mean like, they laid off the DoorDash workers? You mean well, they I mean, deactivated they just, them? No, I mean, well, now there's caps. You can't, everybody just can't be on anymore. I mean, you couldn't okay. anyway because of Dash Now, but even like the city, let, let's say that Dash Now in New York City allows, in Manhattan at any given time, allows 5,000 people, okay? And in okay. any more than that, like let's say they're all top dashers, they can dash anytime they want. Any more than that, like a low, like a bottom feeder dasher can't dash now because that 5,000 is their number. But now the comptrollers of New York have stepped in and said, well, wait a minute. It's actually more like 2,500. You can't have more than 2,500 on it at a time. So they've taken DoorDash's numbers and say, no, we don't like those. Bring them down. You got too many people working. So how did DoorDash address that? Because they can't really lay them off. So what? how did they? they oh, because they're moving to the block system. The block system is, are you a... Is is it platinum is the top one or I diamond? Because I don't pay attention because I'm never over twenty percent. <laughs> okay, so it's like diamond or platinum. I think it's diamond. Yeah, it's diamond. And then there's top dasher, but they've removed top dasher because there was no reason for it. But in New York, but basically, like the more hours. I mean, I don't know their exact metrics, but for rideshare, it was like the more hours, um, the tougher hours you work. All that led into when you could select your blocks. So, like, are you in the first batch of people picking blocks, which would come out Sunday night at like, let's say, midnight for rideshare? And then Monday morning at like 10 a.m., they opened it up to the next block. And they just keep moving down the line to the point where the last 20%, there's nothing left and there's no dash now. Gotcha. Okay. Now I understand how they. So the bottom 20% just are seeing, yep, there's nothing for you this week. Nothing. Right. And I mean, it's, and it says that there's no blocks available. You can't dash this week. Well, you know, it used to be here that I could dash now at any time. And over the last probably two to three months, it's not always available anymore. No, I. Because I mean, I don't know if you're a top. I, I'm not. I'm a, no, I'm, I'm never over. I think the highest I've ever been is maybe 32%, but I'm usually about 15 to 17%. Because I'm I'm 12 right now, and I yeah. barely do DoorDash. I was, and I even like had I something better, but I, was, but I was just doing a little testing with it, you know, recently, and I actually right. brought it even down more. I thought I was going to bring it up a little bit. <laughs> I was like, yeah. nope. Mine varies every day. It just depends on what kind of shit they're sending me for the day. You know, I mean, but see, a few look, days ago I was at 9%, you know, it's, I don't know. Goes but see, here, this is something I want to share because this is where, and we'll be talking about this again more over the year because this, a lot of the legislation, like I said, would, I'd like to be portable benefits and we will get back to that in just a second. But what I wanted to say was that a lot of this should, okay. So on door, on DoorDash, you have, five metrics in your ratings. You have customer rating, acceptance rating, completion rating, on time or early, 
and lifetime deliveries. So I want to read you guys my stats. I'm going to move the second one, acceptance rate, to the bottom because acceptance rate cannot be in this app and we when we are independent contractors. And actually, a lot of the states are even pushing for you can't use it as a metric, but you can't even show it to me, the dasher, because it could influence me to try and think I need to get it higher. So they even want the psychological part gone. So I'm going to move it to the bottom because it, when I read you the other stats, it's going to sound like I'm your perfect door dasher. But why I don't get orders is will be that last number. So customer rating, 4.98. Completion, uh, completion rate, uh, 96%. On time or early, 94%. Uh, lifetime deliveries, uh, 1221. Okay, so all that sounds pretty good, right? I sound like a good, solid stats guy acceptance rate 12 percent. yep and so therefore the only metric they really care about is that acceptance rate and they're not even supposed to be using it and so i i can never dash now i mean sometimes if it gets if it gets really busy it'll let me dash now but when i was doing original dash doordash testing for para when we had tip transparency Dash now would let you dash now, and this is years ago, and you could just stay on the dash. Now, if it does get busy and it says and it and it and you get a little drop down saying you can dash now because your zone's busy, well, you can hit that, but it usually only gives you like a half hour to dash. Right. It'll then say, okay, like it, let's say it's 555. It'll say, okay, you can dash from six to six thirty. And the meaning there is that take that half hour block. And if it's still busy, we'll let you continue. Mm-hmm. Right. To that me, that's, 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 you know, look, I, I, I do. Cause I mean, trust me, I think that I'm not sure what the perfect solution is, but something about oversaturation needs to be done. I mean, I well, was just, when, we, yeah. When I can't hit dash now here now that that's changed a little bit for me. I'm always able to get on within the hour. I never really? have to wait more than that. Yeah. So. So like, some, yeah, like mine. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I just keep going back in and checking it. And they eventually don't let me in. It just. Right. I guess what I was trying to point out with like with mine, it's, I don't feel, I understand it's not just me. Cause um, I mean, look, so. I am in a large order program though. Look at that. But- That's the whole of Denver right now at 11.54 a.m. on Sunday. Nothing. But I can't see what you're showing it's, me. Though. It's all gray. There's nothing. Oh, it's, okay. It looks purple. There's nothing even light pink. There's no action. Oh, There's see. no orders. Even the Air Force Base, which you need clearance for, which always has a little surge going and always lets you dash now, that's turned off. I saw the biggest... Um promo money the other day that I, you know, how they add a add on. It's usually like $2, $3 is usually the most I ever see is $3. It was four fifty the other day. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I've never seen four fifty on there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes up in Summit County that, I mean, that's just based on that's, that's really just when they notice, uh Oh, we don't have enough people. But in three years, <laughs> it's like I've their fake way of surging, you know? But back to the portable benefits, to be honest, when we when we start talking about the reform of legislation that we're going to talk about, 
Oh, you're going to be paid this much a minute. Oh, you're going to get this. If you guys notice in your states, because I'm looking through all these legislations, to be honest, if you look in almost every one of the states, they don't, they're all using this weaponized portable benefits and that we don't have them yet in the legislation. There's nothing about them at all. It's about a dollar amount on your minute or let's pay you this. And how much can they tweak that to a, the littlest amount? Even this, even the governments aren't really on your back. They don't really have your back. I mean, New York City saying that 50 cents an active minute on these platforms. DoorDash said that they would now optimize people on the platform at an average of 65% of their of their hour. Meaning the act that's why if you've if you've seen in a lot of papers, you if you saw like the it was just under 18, it was like $17.96. Some of the articles read, and some of the articles read 50 cents a half hour. The reason you saw a lot of $18 an hour is because it's 65%. That's all you can make. And DoorDash said they won't optimize people over 65% in New York City. Part of the reason there was, and I, I mean, because there was a lot of more digging too, was that part of the reason there was they, and I've actually heard this from people, is they are very well aware that people will now go, well, I'm not going to drive them a walk. And I'm going to actually crawl. I'm going to take an hour to deliver this. Right. Yep. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Cold food and they get the whole hour pay. So therefore they're like, you know, it's almost like a penalization system. Like if you're not meeting it in the old, whatever that, you know, people need to remember that they've got like years of data on us. They know from this restaurant to this house right. in this traffic on this type of weather on this night, it should take you 17 minutes. If it's taking you 33. Well, that's what's going to happen is that they're, that's what the people, will, the drivers will do that. And the companies will come back and say, okay, well, if you're not there at this time, they'll start deactivating people for that. Right. Well, also, since they've Throwing kind of me. been moved into this false W2 almost type setting, they could start going, well, we're not going to give you orders. They'll never say it, but they almost, what I'm saying is they almost could say it. Well, yeah, we'll just start picking out people that are taking too long and we'll, but that's the W2 mindset, but you have us, you're making us pay W2 yes. wages. Yes. So my, my thing is, yeah, I mean, so they, this is where the portable benefits comes in though, because that the reason that that wouldn't fly for them is because if they said you made us pay W2 wages, They'll say, what are you paying in um, unemployment? And all these companies have to say zero. Zero, right. And once that's said, it's like, well, then you're not paying W-2, so shut up. You're paying an agreed amount that is just way over the top ridiculous to try and punish you that's hurting the drivers and the customers. And now know. here and now here in Utah, they're doing the opposite. Instead of doing all the BS, because again, I the big my biggest problem is dude, make it a dollar a minute. Yeah, that sounds really appealing. Oh my gosh, there's 60 minutes in an hour. I'll stay active every hour and I'll make $60 an hour. No, you won't. Dude, if yeah. they don't, if you don't think You're they've never got you down the entire hour. No, and even then they're gonna they're dude, they're gonna it's gonna be like earned by time. It's gonna be like you're driving from New York City to Boston to deliver food. Right. What do you mean? 
well that's just that's what we're gonna i mean like you are now at their control i don't know what the what the metrics will be for because i know that they have a system kind of like california's but i don't know if it's like exact but like where if you pass on so many during an hour your dash ends however your dash is then over for the entire block so if you say, and they're like six hour blocks. So if you're signing up for six hour blocks in New York city, now it's different than before because you're going to, when, when you're done signing up, you're going to go, okay. And see, where's the flex time now too, because now you just, you have a schedule now. You don't have to show to it, but if you don't, you, you don't get another dash block. You just lost well, a shit. That's true because since, like I said, since I can't dash now, I do go in there when I remember and schedule out as far as I can and, you know, pick the hours that I know that I'm out every night. Mm -hmm. That's available. I mean, now if I haven't scheduled it a week out, all those hours aren't available. Maybe 5.30 to 8.30 is available instead of 5.30 to midnight or 3 a.m., right. whatever. Um, so I kind of have to, you know, maybe take two hours here and then an hour here or whatever, and I kind of have to break it up. But But you can pause a dash, too. But yeah, if I'm late, that's the thing. You know me, I'm chronically late. That's just how I am. So if I've scheduled myself at five o'clock and you start I and pause, <laughs> you know, didn't get out of my house until five forty-five. You know, if you don't if you don't log on in that first half hour, then you lose it. Well, so then if I try and get on at six and I was supposed to be there at five, then I can't get on. And so then it's almost like they punish me and they make me wait like forty-five minutes to an hour before they'll be like, okay, we'll let you on now. Right, but see, un unlike unlike you in Florida, though, in the New York market now, now you have regulators looking. So you have people saying, yeah, you can't have your 5,000 on. So you would never get that chance unless it's a scheduled right. block. Like Dash Now doesn't become a chance anymore. Um, I think that's why they took away Top Dasher because in New York City because they still have Diamond, I believe, but they took away Top Dasher because there is no Dash Now. Well, it's all scheduled. I mean, for for somebody in the diamond <laughs> status, and if they really were like like you said, you know, it becomes like a red zone. But in New York, they have so many people wanting to work, and with the new cap, they've just got people bottlenecked. So it's it's not going anywhere. But these portable benefits, I I got to say, while before I forget to hit on this, because this is huge, guys. In my opinion, this is what every state needs. Because this is honestly a concern of mine, even because, you know, and I'll relate it to something actually a little political here without being party affiliated here in just a second. But um, to be honest, like when you're, it, let's say that, I mean, I know some people are like, I'm a lifer for gig work. Okay. Or, you know, like maybe you're, you know, you worked doing whatever for a long time. Now you're going to do gig work until you're just done working kind of thing like well where are your benefits and that's become a concern of mine because we talked about these portable benefits came about a couple of years ago and then they just disappeared and just became a talking point for lawmakers and such and now you know it's like well you should have a way to pay into a system and utah's way is this bill senate bill 233 where they're making the companies throw in but the companies don't have to pay unemployment. So it's like the companies are getting off a little better, 
than having what are they asking for in that bill what i didn't get to read that far into it and i got interrupted but um well the bill's already the, the bill's yeah. already passed the utah bill yeah oh it did yeah it's been it's it 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 was in uh it went into effect in May last year. However, they only rolled it out in three counties first. Now it's the whole state starting this year. Oh, okay. I didn't understand that. I thought this was a new. No, no, no. Yeah. So it says uh, um, uh, Utah Senate Bill 233, which went into effect in May 2023. But the Beehive State is just playing catch up to get it rolled out. So titled oh, the Portable Benefits Plan, the measure ensures affordable insurance coverage for gig workers by allowing hiring platforms to contribute to contractors' insurance without entangling themselves in an old-school employer-employee dynamic. It's not just another piece of... It's not just another piece of legislation. It's a statement, a statement that Utah recognizes the need and challenges of its workers and is willing to break from the tradition to cater to them. This bill is, uh, Utah, is Utah's clarion call for the rest of the nat nation. The future is here. Then it, it continues with, the brilliance of the legislation lies in its embrace of portable benefits plan. The traditional labor market had a one-size-fits-all mo model. So there, obviously, we're talking about W-2. Um, benefits tied to, um, tied to employers, in a world where an individual might be a Lyft driver by day, a freelance graphic designer by evening, and an Airbnb host by night. Such an old-fashioned model is not outdated. It's obsolete. What the Portable Benefits Plan understands and what other states need to grasp is that modern worker, the modern worker is multifaceted. They're not bound by one job, one title, or one role. They're fluid, dynamic, and flexible and benefits should mirror this. By allowing contributions from hiring platforms without the strings of employer-employee relationship, Utah's pioneering a model that represents gig workers' independence while still ensuring their well-being. The support of this bill uh, transcends political alliances. It is rooted in a deep-seated uh, uh, commitment to core principles. The bill acknowledges not only as a significant nod of approval, but as a resounding affirmation that its provisions are in harmony with the fundamental values of liberty, uh, adaptability, and forward thinking. Okay. Well, I heard a lot of, no offense, blah, 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 blah. Right. I want to know exactly what they're having them do. So what exactly are they contributing? Well, and so that's, I mean, that's what we would need to look up. So, um, but what, what they're, the main thing is what they're not having to do is the old school connection to the um, uh, directly to unemployment. It's more like it, we'll need to figure out the number, but it's more like, hey, you just need to give a like, here's what you need to match of the of the employee paying in on and they'd have to run their numbers. But even these companies like this portable benefit type thing better than having to pay 50 cents a minute and those kind of things. Cause that creates a logistical nightmare. They don't even want 
like they they don't they don't want to be figuring out how do we pay these wait what but they this is something they can get into because this is something that's gonna i feel like this year a lot of legislation's coming that doesn't involve portable benefits but portable benefits are being used to, to pitch it and sell it but what does that mean to me maybe i'm reading too far ahead but to me that means that this is round one round two will be now let's get the portable benefits in there so i mean like why not just do it right out of the gate it's the same thing as the definition right you i know, guess like, let's, I let's quit know, trying how... to pay people 50 cents a you know i'm not exactly sure on the amount of money they're putting in but the fact that people can now work for lyft do all these other ways of income and all of that applies into their portable benefits no matter what they then go to do so that when it comes to retirement they still can pull out yeah see that's what i'm trying to figure out is because like in 2023 i worked for nine different platforms mm -hmm. so like how there should be a centralized brain right that lets lets them know hey she's earning from all these but at the same time they recognize that well yeah but you're not paying into the system and it's like yeah but i'm paying but i'm an independent contractor and i'm paying through the roof on taxes well i mean you can well i mean you can if you're smart you can write off a lot sure but my point is is like you're not look if you don't most gig workers don't do quarterly taxes most of them get the hammer right now in january oh, when it's the worst month Right. But I'm saying like a lot of, so, I mean, when you were kind of nodding there though about it, like really people who go this route, you know, do end up in tax trouble because when it rolls around, they don't have the money to pay it. Right. You know, whereas like if you have a W2, it's being pulled out every week for you. Well, to those, I mean, you still have to do your taxes at the end of the year, but. Right. And I, I agree, like keep getting smarter about it. But at the same time, like there should, I mean, there should be a way that you're paying into something, you know? Um, right. Like, and, I mean, well, and you can go do, I mean, you can go and create your own 401k. You, you can go do everything that you could have with a W2. You just have to go find it on your own. You have to go find your own health insurance. You have to open your own 401k. You, you know, those things are still available to you as a gig worker. It's just that you have to be a little more proactive about it and go find it. And nobody else is paying into it like a company 401k, you know, where they're contributing. Obviously, we wouldn't have anybody else to contribute except ourselves. So there is that difference. Yeah, I will. I will have to pull up Utah's uh, bill because it's going to. I'm going to put it on my list for talking about New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Chicago legislation. We'll put this one in there too, because it's probably the, the perfect contrast, but I do need to find the actual bill itself because, um, and I'm sure it's easy to find because it's got its Senate bill number. It's passed in May. Um, but yeah, even here, it just says the, uh, it just keeps talking about how this is a great thing, but it doesn't really say what you're looking for. The amounts or percentages what are these gig companies kicking in right i mean and how is that working exactly so i i definitely do want to learn more about it because i would i would imagine it's i mean i remember the initial ones that they're not still around but of portable benefit models were just like they were like the matching 401ks it was like 
if you put money in, the companies match them. And I guess if you work for nine apps, you can have Well, nine. so like, okay, so the original model was like, let's say you work for, let's keep it a little easier. Let's say it's two. Let's say you work for Uber and Lyft. And let's say that it's 50%, 50%. And you put in 5,000 and you've worked equal hours on both platforms, each of them would would pay half match. Right. That I understand with two. Two is easy to figure and out. And with nine, I, each I, of them would pay the, like they would, I, my guess is, I mean, the simplest way I can think of it's like, you would total all your hours. You would total the hours you did on what platforms. That's your percentage. And then there'd be a number tied to each hour. I guess I'm looking at it from their perspective of they have all of these drivers that work multiple apps and for them to have to figure all that out just seems like a lot. Maybe, maybe just the metric of like how much Instacart is used in this zip code, how much DoorDash, how much Uber, and then kind of total out the percentages that they pay into the system. Again, I don't know the yeah. schematic. I, yeah, I'm just going to look that up because there has to be. But I mean, again, Way, other but... legislations coming up this year that's still just because it's coming up doesn't mean it's happened a lot of it will happen though but it still has to be adopted this is adopted this is a law <laughs> this is, like this well, is already in place hopefully so, these kind of things will spread to other states and they'll see that there is another solution besides right and, and again guys like like we'll be talking about with other things like it might not be this it might not be utah bill 233 is the way every state needs to go but it's something so different and so important that every state should be looking at it to see if it can be modified into something better right because the way that i listen if i had to pick this or new york i'd pick this i'd pick something where either 100%. if i'm paying in or whatever they're matching because that shows me longevity too the the right. 30 cents a minute model shows me that um they are trying as quickly as possible to replace me with a robot so i mean to be honest like i i don't even want that you know i'm i'm more about like hearing i guess it's even just hearing i'm more about hearing something that makes sense to me like Okay, I want I want to do that. Not like these because the sure. other ones just I already can see I can see the the rub though. I can see the scam right out of the gate. I'm like, no, this is BS. And that I feel like is just the stuff to delay and shut people up and get labor groups off their back. But this is like true. Hey, what about people when they want to retire? <laughs> yeah. Because if 40% of the American public are independent contractors, and I know they're not all in the gig economy, but a lot of independent contractors and even W-2 people do work in the gig economy part-time. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. So you got to add that in too. So I don't know. I mean, we have to, you can't have an undefined space. You can't have no benefits to that. And we're going to end up with decades of people without benefits. Right. You know, I mean, the, if you guys think like um, health care and prescription costs are high now, wait till these decades of people get there and there's no, they have no money. They have no system. Right. I mean, health care is huge. I mean, luckily 
for myself. I have a husband that has a job that gives us health insurance. But if mm-hmm. I was a gig worker and had to go find my own health insurance, that would be a whole nother issue, you know? So that, yeah. I feel for people that are in that position because that's, but those, but these portable benefits help you with things like that too, or, or have the ability to, I can't say that Utah's does with, with it. I would imagine it does something, um, towards medical, but I don't know. Um, my guess is there's different, it's, it's probably like other insurance too, that you probably have different options. Do you want full medical now or are you 22 and you don't need, you only need like catastrophic in case, you know, or whatever. I mean, like, you know, maybe there's different plans as you come into this. I, I'm not really sure. We know that in California under AB5, nobody gets any of the plans. I mean, barely anybody's benefiting from, from those health plans. And most people who do accrue the right amount of hours to get them choose california's edd anyway they just take california's healthcare system over it because it's cheaper and it's basically obamacare and that's all they're getting they're getting obamacare with a with an uber bow on it out there gotcha I, well you know, that's I gotta it. Tell you, the obamacare is pretty good right I, that's I, what i, I mean but i mean like that's my point like why why does uber need to sell you obamacare at the same plate at the same price right. you can go get it in the marketplace for yourself to make you think the company Uber's helping you because they're not. Right. Well, I can tell you with my son's situation in the last three years that we would be millions of dollars in debt. Had it oh, yeah. For Obamacare. Millions oh, of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give that kind of advice here today, but I, I mean, I would obviously just a general thing I'd say is people, you should not be, I mean, no matter what your age, you should be somewhat insured, catastrophic even but then as you get older other things like you should always be looking at at that because one bad thing could like make you bankrupt for the rest of your year or your life right 100 or like holly said like one medical thing one situation that puts the medical bills so out of reach you could never dig out of the hole Mm -hmm. if you didn't have some kind of insurance um well that's a wrap for the week folks i we got through a couple of these subjects. Um, <laughs> uh, but the main thing was, is that I want to talk about legislation, legislation, legislation for the next few weeks anyway, because a lot of the other legislation isn't going to be about this. It's actually bad stuff. I don't think this is a bad one. And, and I'll get my facts on 233 together so that when Mike and I talk, we can maybe he can point out why there might be some errors there or what the high points would be. And um. But yeah, guys, uh, I want to thank Holly for joining me this week. Remember to check out her YouTube channel. It is Savvy Shopper Delivers, and you can find it in the show notes. No matter where you're listening to this, anywhere in the world, any podcast player. Um, and, and if you uh, want to uh, listen to Steve and I's show on YouTube, you go under the live tab on my channel, and that's where all of our shows are listed yep. on the playlist. And then watch for one. I'm sure we'll get one coming up here soon. But um, uh, let's see. What else do we got? So, yeah, check check out Holly's channel. Help kick kick her to 1K because she's really close. Guys. 45 away. Yeah, like I almost, you know, I really was done doing this. And I did it for at the end of the year for Cheyenne and Holly. But I'm, I'm done plugging YouTube. Even though a lot of you guys are now telling me that you do sometimes go there and listen to things. I just don't often do it, but she's so close. Help her get over there. But uh, yeah, 
be safe, earn smart, and uh, we will see you back here next week on Rodeo. Thank you.